you to grab your beverages and come on back in and take your seats. My name's Brad. I'm part of the uh, pastoral team here at Jericho. And if you're new or visiting with us, want to extend a great uh, welcome to you. Hopefully, uh, you can find a home here at Jericho. And if not, we'd be pleased to help you find a home that would be suited for you in your journey. Well, here at Jericho this summer, we've been going through the life of David in 2 Samuel. And the Bible describes David as a person who followed after God's heart. And as we've moved through our series in 2 Samuel, we've seen a lot of evidence of that, where David has really been faithful to the things that God has asked him to do, and David's done incredible things in his life. But even David makes mistakes. And in 2 Samuel, we begin to see some of these mistakes that David begins to make in his life. And we begin to see today in 2 Samuel chapter 11 what's perhaps David's largest mistake. And she actually has a name, Bathsheba. So this is a, a part of David's life that maybe is uh, well known for, but it starts out very innocently in 2 Samuel chapter 11. And if you turn there in your Bibles or on your phone and look at verse 1, what ends up happening, we'll see today, is David makes a whole series of poor choices that lead him down a pathway. And that at the end of that pathway, there's some significant consequences to his actions. And so if you have your Bibles, turn with me to 2 Samuel chapter 11. And in verse 1, it says something that just seems very innocent. It says, In the spring of the year, when kings normally go out to war, David sent Joab and the army off to fight. And they laid siege to the city of Rabbah. However, David stayed behind in Jerusalem. Sounds innocent enough. David just sent other people out. You know, maybe he's getting a little bit older now. He decides, I don't want to be on the front lines all the time. Let's let Joab do some of the heavy lifting, his general for his army. But what we see in this verse is that David is actually abdicating his responsibility as king. He's making a mistake here, and it's an evidence that David is actually getting lazy. That's his first mistake. Mistake number one, David gets lazy. Because this actually sets up the next part of the story. And that is that David begins, since he's at home, thinks, well, I'll just change my routine up a little bit. And he begins to walk on his palace roof. And just as he's walking and looking out, he sees a beautiful woman named Bathsheba. And he decides that he's going to make some inquiries about who this is. And so he sends somebody to make some inquiries, and then he begins to cross over another line in his mind. He says, you know what, I'm not just going to make inquiries. This is not just innocent looking anymore. I'm actually going to extend an invitation to Bathsheba. And David makes his second mistake, and he gets greedy. Mistake number one, David gets lazy. Mistake number two, David gets greedy. He reaches for something that is not his to take. 
Now, in this, we actually see this evidence for us in a, a kid's program. How many of you have watched VeggieTales? Hands up if you've seen VeggieTales. Okay, so VeggieTales does this, but they do this as only VeggieTales can do. And uh, this mistake is epitomized for us in King George and the Ducky. How many of you have seen that VeggieTales? All right, Larry the Cucumber playing the part of David and a ducky, apparently, playing the part of Bathsheba. So let's watch this clip together and you can see just a little bit of what's going on. All right, let's watch this video together. I don't like these, I don't need these, I don't want these any longer. My affection for those duckies isn't getting any stronger. To say I can't have what I want, you couldn't be more wronger. Don't ask me to explain, there will be pain if you don't go and get that duck. Our conversation is over. Did you say wronger? What? I don't know. Perhaps. It's more wrong, not more wronger. <laughs> It had to rhyme. Don't question a king's grammar. Now go and get that duck. You see, David knows that his actions, not just his grammar, his action is wrong or more wronger <laughs> in order to make it rhyme. And he knows that he shouldn't do this, but yet he keeps on pushing into his series of choices. And as I read this chapter of 2 Samuel 11, that's what stood out to me. It's like there's all these warning signs posted. David, don't do this. This is a bad decision. This is more wronger. You have enough duckies already. And he just keeps pushing right through those warning signs, just ignoring them at his peril. Have you ever done that in your life? You've seen a warning sign and you thought, oh, that must apply to other people, not to me. Or, I don't know, how bad could it be? And you just keep pushing past that warning sign. And then there's consequences sometimes to those actions. So warning signs are on all different kinds of things uh, in our lives. One of the ones I was uh, looking at this last week was on a bottle of hot sauce. So I came across a photo of a bottle of hot sauce recently, and the top of it reads just... Fine, as you would normally expect. The top part says a hot sauce, a great ingredient for sauces and stews. So far, so good. But the next part, however, if we can put that picture up, is the part that really stood out to me as perhaps a little bit of a warning label. The next part of the picture says hot sauce. Also, strips wax floors and removes driveway grease stains. Enjoy. Say what? Like that should be a warning sign for you. If it will strip the wax off your floor, you should not put that in your soup or your stew. That's a little bit too hot. You're going to get burned. Now, I do not have that hot sauce with me because that's probably not a great idea. But I do have a few hot sauces here with me that I would like to ask two volunteers that like hot sauce to come forward and test the levels of hotness of these things, all right? So uh, this one is a sriracha. So if you're familiar with sriracha, this is a chili sauce. Uh, it's, uh, well, you can see how hot it is if you want to volunteer for that. This one, um, this is all in Spanish, so I actually have no idea how hot this is. Uh, but it came to me from Central America, 
and it doesn't seem like it has any really big warning labels on it. Uh, but, you know, I don't speak Spanish, so it could say something deadly. I don't know. There's no, like, skulls and crossbones. I think picante is hot. Is that hot? Picante? <laughs> but verde. Is verde green, not, like, very, right? So it's, like, green hot, which isn't really hot in the world of Chile. So I don't know. Come, I need two volunteers. Somebody want to come and test these? Someone can test, or he can just be... All right, Joel, you want to come and test? Okay, who else? Yeah? All right. Come on up, Sienna. Which one do you want to test? You can smell them first. All right? So let's see. Which one do you want to test? Now, Sienna, do you, do you know what sriracha is? What? Sprayed some up my nose. You don't know? Okay. You like hot sauce? Okay. Why don't you try this one? How's that? Okay? So you, let's put a little bit on there, and you tell me you like hot sauce, so try it. You don't have to take it all at once. You can be, yeah. How hot is it? Not, to me not. To, to you not very hot. Okay. All right, Joel, why don't you try a little bit of this and see. Are you a hot sauce person? Like, yes. do you like? Okay, all right. So maybe this is too mild for you. Yeah, all right. So it's okay. It's mild. Okay. All right. See, they even put the word hot in, like, bold letters there. But the only warning is remove cap and break seal before using. <laughs> Although, to be fair, there's a lot of other languages on here that I don't understand. But... That's, yeah. All right, so let's try this one then. Uh, Do you want to try a little bit of this one? Okay. All right, we'll put it on another part of the spoon. All right. See what you think. Now smell it first. See if you think. It doesn't seem very hot. No, but it says picante on it. I don't know. Let's see. Okay, I'm going to. I think it means hot, right? It means hot. Okay. All right, so try it. Barely hot. Okay, you guys have a very high tolerance for hot sauce. That's good. And again, I say I apologize. I could not find this one here, but it does say, see on there, warning, use this product one drop at a time. Keep away from eyes, pets, and children. Why you would give hot sauce to your pets is beyond me. But, you know, okay, well, let's thank our volunteers. All right? No, that's right. Fish, not a good idea. So some things actually probably should come with warning labels. Some things actually don't come with warning labels that maybe should come with warning labels. Sometimes, you know, if something is too hot and you really should not be putting it in your mouth, they're not always going to tell you, and sometimes you have to learn these things. And this is where David gets into some trouble. See, David knows there's like warning signs all over this, but it's a bad decision, but he pushes into it anyways. And so David is in deep now. He's gotten lazy, he's gotten greedy, and he's taken what isn't his. He had no business taking. And now he goes even deeper into this, which is a problem. Because now he realizes that he's past the point of no return. And so he actually gets, and I'm going to make up a word here because Tammy is away on holidays, and so normally she checks these things. So he gets lazy, greedy, deceivy. I'm going to put a Y on the deceive and make it actually go with the rest of it. Fit it in, smush it in, so my grammar is more wronger, all right? David is getting deceivy. So David masterminds a plan here, and he is actually going to take out Bathsheba's husband, whose name is Uriah. And so he thinks, well, how am I going to do this? Okay, well, Uriah works for me, actually. He's in the army. And so he thinks, you know, the army's off fighting right now. That's where I probably should be, but I'm not there. You know what I'll do? Um, 
I will send a note to Joab, the general, and I will have him put Uriah right at the front of the battle lines. And then the note actually says to Joab, just um, when the fighting gets really intense, just back off and let Uriah out there by himself. And the text says Uriah dies directly as a result of David's instructions to Joab. David kills this guy, makes him the messenger, actually, of his own demise because David wants to cover it up and deceive everyone. He's so far down this pathway, he can't pull back. And he tries to cover up his sin with deception, which only adds to it. And so in one chapter, David's gone from just being lazy, then he's reaching out across more lines, taking something that's not his. Now he's engaging in deception and now murder. He's had a man killed and covered up the truth of this with sin. And this is where we see his fourth mistake David actually gets. Not only lazy, greedy, and deceiving, he gets cocky because he thinks to himself, you know what, I'm the king. Who's going to find out about this? No one. Anybody who knows about it, I'll deal with them. And he thinks that no one will find out. But God sees and God knows. At the end of chapter 11, the very last verse finishes with this phrase, but the Lord was displeased with what David had done. God sees and God knows. So God actually sends a prophet, the prophet Nathan, to confront David. But see, David's the king. So Nathan doesn't just walk in and say, hey, you did something wrong. You need to fess up. You need to make it right. Nathan comes in and tells David a story. And the story that he tells him is about a rich man and a poor man. And so I have some uh, assistance here that I need to help me tell this story. So we have uh, a rich man whom Nathan says owns a lot of sheep and camels and other kind of various animals. Bison, apparently. Littlest pet shop. Elephants. Lions and tigers and bears. Oh, my. Okay. So, anyways, the rich man owns a lot of cattle and sheep and animals. Now, there's also in this story a poor man, and the poor man owns only one little lamb, just one poor lamb. And this lamb raises with his family. It's precious to him. It eats from his table. It's just like a member of the family to this poor man. And one day, Nathan is telling this story to David, says the rich man, a friend comes to visit for dinner. And for whatever reason, lamb gets put on the menu. And so the rich man, instead of thinking, you know what, I have lots of uh, opportunity here. I have lots of sheep. I could just take one of my own sheep and we can look after it that way and provide dinner for my friend. The prophet Nathan says, what, what the rich man did in this story is he goes to the poor man's lamb and he takes the poor man's lamb and he kills it. I'm going to leave this intact lest my 
children get upset with me. So he kills it and actually uses that to feed this friend of his that comes over for dinner. And at this point in the story, David loses it and says, but Nathan, that's insane. The rich man had so much of his own stuff that he could have used. Why did he do that? That's ridiculous. This man needs to be punished. I mean, we need to find this guy. Who would do that? Who, after having all of these things, would go after that poor, innocent, poor man's lamb and take it? And Nathan looks him in the face and says, David, you are that man. This is you. You have done this. Look with me at 2 Samuel chapter 12, starting in verse 7. The Lord God of Israel says to you, David, I anointed you king over Israel. I saved you from the power of Saul. I gave you your master's house, the kingdoms of Israel and Judah. If that was not enough, I would have given you much, much more. You have so much that I've given you, David. Why then have you despised the word of the Lord and done this horrible deed? You have murdered Uriah the Hittite with the sword of the Ammonites and you have stolen his wife. And so Nathan continues. There's a consequence in verse 10. From this time on, David, your family will live by the sword, because you have despised me, says the Lord, by taking Uriah's wife to be your own. This is what the Lord says. Because of what you have done, I will cause your own household to rebel against you. I will give things that yours to other people in your very eyes. You did this secretly, but I will make this happen openly to you in the sight of all of Israel. See, there's a consequence to David's actions and him not paying attention and heeding the warning signs that were all around him. David quickly moves to a place where he says, I'm sorry, he repents, but some of the damage is done. There's consequences to his choices that affect others and their lives. You see, Uriah's dead can't undo that. The child that Bathsheba gives birth to dies. And from this moment on, in the book of 2 Samuel, we see this coming to fruition, that David's own family begins to unravel in significant ways and turn against him. See, here's what I find challenging personally to me and intriguing in this text. It can be easy to fall into a habit of thinking, you know what, when I sin, God is merciful and gracious. We've sang about that already today. We sing about it regularly. When I engage in actions that are willfully disobedient to God's purposes and his heart, when I sin, I can just say a quick, God, I'm so sorry for that, and just move on. Ask forgiveness instead of seeking permission sometimes we'll say but the challenge is that sin always carries with it consequences relationships get broken 
sometimes irreparably damaged. Sin damages our relationship with God. When David's writing about this, he said, if I carry sin in my heart and then I go to pray and talk to God about it, it's like God doesn't even hear me. That forms a barrier between myself and God. Conformant damaging relationship, sin can form a wedge or a damage in the relationship between you and another person. See, we think to ourselves sometimes, oh, nobody knows. Or, you know what? It was just a sin that's just hurting me. So I don't need to worry about that sin of gluttony. I don't need to worry about if I take something that somebody isn't going to notice is missing and steal from them. I mean, that's not hurting anybody. But sin always carries consequences with it. When I lie to make myself look good in front of people if I'm going into a new class in school, or when I spend money beyond my ability to repay it, God knows, even if that's hidden from other people around me. And there's consequences to those actions. And God is displeased when we walk into those things. And especially when we walk into them knowingly with a glib kind of attitude saying, I'm just going to do this and then I'll just ask forgiveness for it after because God is full of mercy and love, isn't he? Maybe today, for you, God is bringing to your mind or will bring to your mind a thought or an attitude or an action that you've taken that you know is offside, that you know is a sin. And you need to tell yourself the truth about it today. Because you've told yourself, you know what, I didn't hurt that many people, or, you know, I, I won't, I'm not going to do that again, or, you know, I'll just ask forgiveness for it. You need to tell yourself the truth about the consequences of sin in your own life and in the lives of other people. Maybe for you today, you need to face the consequences and stop being lazy or deceivy or greedy or cocky, and you need to do what the Bible says is repent. And repent is just a fancy word that means I'm walking this way down a particular path, and I'm making choices, and these choices are hurting myself, they're hurting other people, my relationship with God, and repentance is just turning the other way and saying, you know what, I need to make different choices, and I need to walk away from those choices that I was making, I need to acknowledge the fact that those are hurting my relationship with God and other people and say, God, I acknowledge that. I see those choices from your perspective and say that I'm sorry. And this is what we learn in David's life, that the choices that we make each and every day are leading us down a pathway. And the question that comes to my mind is, where is your path leading you? Where is your path taking you? See, this is equally true for kids as it is for adults. Each of us is on a pathway in our lives. We're making a series of choices day by day, and they're leading you somewhere. They're leading you somewhere healthy. They could be leading you somewhere destructive or unhealthy. And every choice that you make leads you further down a particular path in your life. For example, how you choose to use your words today will set in motion a pathway. Maybe you will use your words in ways that encourage other people. That's stepping down a pathway 
and intentionally choosing encouragement and blessing, speaking that into the lives of others. Maybe you'll use your words today in ways that are unhealthy to express bitterness or anger or unforgiveness in some way. That will lead you further down a pathway. You can choose as you walk down that pathway to acknowledge, you know what? I am choosing to walk down a pathway of bitterness in my heart towards this person and I'm actually going to nurture that and I'm going to hold on to that and I'm going to walk further and further and deeper and deeper into that and the further you go down that pathway, it can be more and more difficult for you to then acknowledge that and begin to walk out a different reality to confess it and to choose a different pathway. Or you can choose to walk down a pathway of forgiveness and releasing the person who hurt you and actually speaking that out to them in their lives. Maybe today you've been walking down a pathway of disrespect and disobedience to your parents. doesn't matter what age you are. You can still walk that pathway out. You can choose today to keep walking down that pathway or you can choose to say, you know what, I may not be choosing what the scripture calls me to and honoring my parents and walking in obedience to them. I'm going to choose a different path today. I'm going to send an email or I'm going to speak differently to them in a different season of life. See, that's what David did when he was confronted with his sin. He didn't say, you know what, Nathan, don't bother me with your cute little stories about two lambs and rich people and all of those things. I'm just going to keep going down this pathway. I've chosen this already. He said, whoa, you know what? I recognize this as a moment where God is speaking to me through Nathan's words. And I recognize myself in this story and I need to make a different choice. And he follows the pathway and chooses the pathway of confession and repentance. What pathway are you walking down in your life? And where is that pathway leading you? Because ultimately the Bible paints a picture for us that This is true not just of individual choices or areas of our lives, but this is true of our lives as a whole. We choose what pathway we want to walk down. We can walk down a path of trusting God and into an eternal relationship with him. A pathway that says yes to Jesus, where I embrace Jesus as my forgiver and my leader. And I say, you know what? I'm going to walk away from my pride and self-sufficiency and I'm going to choose to trust in God. Or... You can choose a path of self-sufficiency and say, you know what, I don't need God. And I'm certainly not going to submit my life to him. That would mean walking out a different reality and letting him call the shots. I don't want to do that. Each of us has that choice that we can make. But the eternal consequences of the pathway that you choose for your life become very clear when we flip over into the New Testament, into books like Romans where Paul says in Romans chapter 3, the wages, the consequences of keeping walking down a pathway of sin over and over and over again in your lives will lead you to a place of death, eternal separation from God. That relationship becomes so broken for all of eternity that you'll be separated from God, not just physically but spiritually. And so God gives each of us the opportunity to choose a path, to choose a path of life, to choose a path of saying yes to God. And if you've not done that, Maybe today is your day. We would love to pray with you and explore that with you. And you can say, you know what? I've been walking down this path for years, maybe decades in your life. You can still change and turn around and begin to walk out 
another choice. And that's the beauty of David's story, is that we begin to see that as he chooses to walk out a pathway of repentance, God responds to him in that. See, some of us walk down these pathways in our lives and we get so caught up in them that we're actually not even as aware that we've begun to choose those things. Some of you need to stop walking down pathways of consumerism into debt that you cannot repay. It's leading you deeper and deeper into places of bondage. You need to learn to walk a pathway of contentment and keeping your life free from the love of money. Some of you need to have walked down pathways of using and thinking about your time as your own. And so when someone has a need around you, you say, oh, I don't have time to meet that need. Well, someone else I'm sure will meet that. Keep walking down that path and making those choices. It will begin to lead you to places of isolation instead of places of community and responsiveness to the nudge of the Holy Spirit. So some of you need to think about how you're going to use your time this fall. What pathway are you going to walk down? What pathway, where will that pathway lead you? Maybe today you need to actually confess that and speak it out to another person and to God. Where you're at on that pathway and say, you know what, I need to make some different choices in my life. And Jared and the team are going to come and lead us in some songs that give voice to this. And it's a worship response. And as is our practice here at Jericho, we want to spend some time praying together. And we'd love to stand with you uh, in prayer. And so I'll be available over uh, at the side. And over here will be Anne-Marie. And also Katie will be available to pray with you. And we would love to stand with you in support for what it is that God is showing you and speaking into your lives. And we're going to sing three songs of response that really give you the opportunity uh, to respond to God as you take time to listen to him. And one of the incredible things to me in David's story that emerges out of this tragic event in his life is this sense of God's ability to still speak hope and forgiveness and grace into it. See, David responds with repentance, and God forgives him. There's still harsh consequences for his actions. His family begins to turn against him. Yes, his child actually passes away, but God still graciously responds to David. You see, even in the midst of this, God's still faithful to his promises. Out of this tragedy, still Bathsheba gives birth to Solomon, and out of Solomon's line, out of David's family lineage, millennia later, Jesus, the Savior of the world, is still born from Bathsheba's lineage and David's line. So God gives grace, yes, He gives guidance to us. He gives us choices that we can make. And sometimes we blow it. And repentance just means coming and acknowledging that to God and saying, you know what, God, I have made the wrong choice. And I need to acknowledge that. But God still will pour grace and mercy and forgiveness into your life when you come to that place. The scripture reminds us in 1 John that he's faithful. God is just. He will forgive us our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. And so some of you need to hear and be reminded of that part of the message this morning. You think to yourself, so God can never forgive me for the things that I've done. It's not true. God's mercy can still find you, even no matter how far you've walked down that particular path in your life. God can still respond to you. It's not a dead-end road. The love and mercy of God can reach repentant hearts wherever they are. 
And so as we prepare our hearts to respond to God in worship, I want you to hear the words that David writes in Psalms chapter 86.